Good morning, good morning everyone. Good to have you on this beautiful Sunday morning. Isn't it a wonderful weather out there the Lord's given to us and uh, sunshine and not too hot. In fact, somebody said it's cold in here. I think it feels great in here, but uh, just hold on. Once people all get settled in here, it'll start warming up, I promise you. Uh, let's see what we have in the way of announcements. If you're visiting for the first time, please stop by our Welcome Center and let us know. We have a gift for you and we would love to welcome you officially. If you're visiting online for the first time, we welcome you and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, sbtindy.org slash contacts. Let us know you're out there. It always is an encouragement to us to hear from you. Thriving in the service. So we are seeking, this is ways to thrive in service. Uh, we are seeking teachers for, and co-teachers for all of our children's ministries. We'd like to have two teachers in every room, and so we need to fill in some slots there if you're interested. If you would please see uh, Brett, Pastor Brett or Rob Williams. Uh, junior church as well, so uh, if, if enough people sign up, you know, this happens rarely, you know, that you understand how that works. Here's the bad part about having good Sunday school teachers. Nobody wants to leave their Sunday school class and go work in a uh, children's Sunday school class, uh, but if, again, if we have enough people signing up, then the sacrifices are much less, and we would love for you to help us out there. Let's see what else we have. Ice Cream Social is coming up on August the 6th. Let me explain a little bit about our Ice Cream Social. First time we're mentioning it this year. It is homemade ice cream, not homemade brand ice cream. It is homemade ice cream. If you're buying it at the store, keep it in your freezer. You understand? Uh, we do homemade ice cream. Now, but if you have an ice cream freezer, uh, it would be just almost sinful for you not to bring that filled with ice cream. You say, Pastor John, I don't know how to make it. Somebody gave me the freezer, and I've never done it before. There's this wonderful thing called the Internet. You might have heard of it. It'll walk you through the steps. It's really not hard. Uh, we, we have about uh, 25 gallons of homemade ice cream every year. Uh, we always have enough ice cream, but, you know, we can never have too much. You understand how that works. I personally like vanilla. I feel like once you've perfected something, you don't have to do anything else to it. And I just love, now, store-bought ice cream, give me all the flavors you want because it's store-bought anyway. But homemade ice cream, vanilla, just excellent. But say, Pastor John, what if I don't have an ice cream freezer? What am I supposed to do? Well, you can bring a couple of options. You can bring toppings to ruin, I mean, to uh, put on top of the ice cream <laughs> if that's what you'd like to do. Uh, or, you know, or you could bring something to go along with it, like brownies or salty snacks or something like that. There will be a food truck here again this year, and so you can purchase food. Now, that's a purchase that you have to get at the food truck, but uh, it's pretty good food. Most of you, I think, availed yourself of it last year. First time we had a food truck, it went across pretty well. So that is on Sunday, August the 6th. Uh, we'll start with activities about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We just play games. We stop and have ice cream someplace in there, and whatever kind of time you want to eat, you can eat food. And uh, we just kind of keep the thing going. It is really a testimony and praise time this, to the church services. So uh, we'll stop after the ice cream and have a, a testimony and praise time. It's also an opportunity for those of you who like, you know, I don't mind singing in my living room or in my shower, but I don't sing at church. Uh, but you might be able to sing at the ice cream social. You know, it's, it's an opportunity we, because it's just fun time. It is just a fun time. And so uh, you can get some specials ready. Somebody could uh, volunteer you for a special if they want to. It's just a lot of fun. So that is an outdoor service, so pray for good weather because we still don't have a gym, and that means uh, 
if we're here, we have to be outside. So uh, looking forward to that on the 6th. And then our missionaries of the week are Frank and Tori Fraustos. They should be leaving uh, for a training session in a couple of weeks. They're still in deputation, so continue to pray for them as they prepare to go to South Africa. I know that they would appreciate that. Let's have the men come. We're going to take up the morning offering. Brother Randy, we're going to ask you, if you would, to pray for the Fraustos so that God would continue to provide for them and get them through training, and then pray for the church service. Ask God's blessing. I'm sorry. Pray for the Fraustos. That's our missionaries that uh, they're getting ready to go to training, and then um, for the service as well, please.
Amen. Thank you very much, Miss Anna. Well, good morning. We're glad you're with us this morning. We're going to be singing about Jesus Christ this morning. All of our songs will be with that. And then all day, today, and tonight, we're going to sing our hymns of the month. We didn't add a new one this month, and we have over 70 now, so we thought we'd just kind of sing through some of them. So if you're able, please stand and let's sing together, Christ is Sufficient. Nothing I've done could merit God's grace. Nothing I'll do can take it away. I have one hope in life and death. I have been clothed in Christ's righteousness. Christ is sufficient. get to the chorus, we'll have the instruments drop out, and we'll finish it a cappella on that last. Nothing but Christ can undo the fall. He will return to reign over all. Come to us, Lord, right every wrong. Soon the redeemed will join heaven's song. Christ is sufficient. James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which, though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. 
and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. May your hearts be sanctified by God's word this morning. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, John. Keep singing about Christ. Our only hope in life and death is Jesus Christ. We'll sing all the way through the song. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence that our souls to Him belong? Who holds our days within His hand? What comes apart from His command? And what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand. Christ is ours forevermore. 
and uh, the chorus again. Oh, sing hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah, now and ever we confess Christ our hope and life and death. Amen. Next song we'll sing, Christ is enough, my sin remain. A dirty stain, my good cannot erase it. Then Jesus came, my sin he claimed, and cleansed me by his grace. We'll sing all four verses. My sin remained a dirty stain. My good could not erase. Then Jesus came, my sin he claimed. And cleanse me by his grace. To Christ I fly, on him rely. His grace is all I need. How moved I cast, my faith cries out. Christ is enough for me. My crippling fears are so I stumble on my way, yet Jesus keeps and never sleeps, his right hand holds me safe, to Christ I fly, on him rely, his grace is all I need, a wound I have. stand for our last song this morning. We learned this back in November, and it goes through different characters in the Bible, Adam, Isaac. Um, it also goes to Moses, and then David, how Christ is better than them and fulfilled things that they couldn't do. So let's sing all four verses of Christ, the true and better. Christ, the true and better Adam, Son of God and Son of Man. Tempted in the garden, never. Hear. 
You know you're getting old when you see a, a, a name of someone writing a song who was in children's church when you were in church and ministry. So I'd like to sing for you a new song by Matt Taylor.
in the quiet of this moment, I confess to you, O Lord, that this frail and worthy servant has rebelled against your word. You are holy beyond measure, without fault of any kind. I am dust, corrupt by nature, flawed in body, word, and mind. I am sinful, you are holy, I'm unclean, you're undefiled. Like a father, please have pity on your feeble, faltering child. Were it not for loving kindness, I would soon be swept away. But in Christ your tender mercy grants forgiveness when I pray. In this season of repentance, I confess to you, my God, that my nature is to cover every action that is flawed. For you delight in true contrition, not in pious acts of praise. And you heal my broken spirit when I own my evil ways. I am sinful, you are holy. I'm unclean, you're undefiled. Like a father, please have pity on your feeble, faltering child. Were it not for loving kindness, I would soon be swept away. But in Christ, your tender mercy grants forgiveness when I pray. Were it not for loving kindness, I would soon be swept away. But in Christ, your tender mercy grants forgiveness when I pray. And Psalm 103 is where that's found. It says, like as a father pitied his children, so the Lord pitied them. And so, oh, what a great God it is that we have. I love making certain announcements, you know that already, so uh, we're going to add a number three to our list as Zach and Spencer, they're over here, wave at us guys, are about to have number two coming up in January, so we're excited about that, congratulations to you. So there'll be three from December to January so far, so uh, I say so far because there's still some of you out there, <clears throat> that uh, anyway, you know, we're going to be in Psalm 107, Psalm 107. You may or may not remember this, but uh, tomorrow, what time tomorrow, Pastor Andrew? What time are we leaving tomorrow? When? 3.30 in the morning, if anybody wants to join us. 
3.30 in the morning, we're going to camp with about 41 teenagers, and that's always an exciting time. And we encourage you to be a part of this, right? We don't want just the kids to go to camp, and it's not, it's not, it really is not intended to be uh, a week off for parents, all right? That's not what it's all about. Uh, so the way you become a part of it is uh, going to be twofold. While we're gone, we're going to ask you to pray for us. There's lists of the kids and sponsors that are going. Uh, there are 41 teens and, I don't know, eight sponsors, 10 sponsors, whatever it is, that are going down uh, to the wilds. Scott Pauley's going to be preaching to us. And we're asking you to pray for us. And today we're going to talk about what, you can, what and how you can pray. Uh, and then when we get back, uh, we're going to ask you to continue to pray for us. But beyond that, as we share testimonies, then uh, you, can, uh, you can begin to pray specifically and then even come up and encourage us uh, with the decisions that we've made, things like that. So uh, we're looking forward to being able to do that. We're in Psalm 107. And I'm going to share with you a couple other verses first, and then we'll jump into Psalm 107. So teenagers, listen up. This is for you, all right? I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you today, and everybody else is going to kind of fill in uh, the gap as we're going. So I'm talking to everybody, but I want you to know, this is what we're going to be praying about. This is what we're asking God to do in your hearts. I'm looking over here, that's where most of the teenagers are. Uh, they're scattered around. We've got a few uh, over in the other side, perhaps. There's about 40 people over there, so I don't know who all's over there. But uh, anyway, uh, we're, we're going to ask God to do some things. In Psalm 109, it says this, that ye may know that this is thy, God's hand, that the Lord has done it. When we get to the end of the week, we're asking that God would have absolutely no doubt in your heart that God has done a work in your heart and life. What we don't want you to do is to come to the end of the week and say, oh, that was a nice emotional moment, and move on. Right? We don't want that. It, 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 becomes, it becomes moot at that point if all you're doing is simply saying, okay, that was a, a thing, and now we're done. We want, you to, we want you to be absolutely certain that God is doing a work. Now, I know I'm taking some verses out of context to get to this, but this is, these are principles about our God. In Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writes this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. We're asking God, teenager, that when you get to the end of the week, that you know God in a greater fashion than you know him now. Mom and Dad, if you're not on board with this yet, then I'm asking you to start getting on board, right? Grandma and Grandpa, if, you just, if you're just simply looking at a way, this is, oh, good, we can paint their room while they're gone. Uh, no, uh, there's more to camp than this. And we want the teenagers to go to camp and to know something about God that they've not known before. By the way, we could go to camp every week for the rest of our lives and always learn something that we didn't know before, right? This, this God of ours is in comprehensible to us, and so there's always going to be something to learn. In Psalm 107, it says this, Who is wise, and who will observe these things, even they that understand the loving kindness of the Lord? That's a, that's a great concept here, just to understand the loving kindness of the Lord. In Psalm 103, we were just talking to teenagers about one, Psalm 103 uh, from Brian's psalm. It also says, uh, there's a, one of my favorite verses, and it's favorite because I need it so often, but it's talking about how God's dealing with us. And it is, he has not rewarded us according to our, no, he has not dealt with us according to our iniquities, nor rewarded us according to our sins. I want you to come to the end of the week and, and know a God whose grace and mercy is so great that he's worked not because of you, but in spite of you. 
that he's done something in your heart and life, that, that it's going to be a, a week that will change your perspective of God forever. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, um, Paul writes, When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And, and we're going to be asking God that this be a week in which you make a conscious choice to say, I'm going to grow up in Christ. I'm going to consciously choose to put away some childish things and to grow up and become more like an adult Christian. You say, Pastor John, I'm only 12. Exactly. To grow up. Can you imagine what it would be like to become the king of a country when you're eight? Yet Josiah, the Bible says, ruled, did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and the Bible says this, when he comes to the end of, his, end of his life, that there was no other king before him or after him that walked with the Lord like Josiah did. So as an eight-year-old, he made a choice. It's time to grow up. And we're praying that God will just do something in your heart this week, teenager, to say, I'm going I'm to grow up, which is going to bring us to Psalm 107. Let's pray and we'll jump into this. Father, what a joy it is to be able to participate in a week of camp and the lives of our teenagers as they go and allow your Holy Spirit to do a work through your word to challenge them, to grow them up, to change them into the image of your son. God, I pray that this morning they would embrace the concept, be willing as they go to camp to, to allow your Holy Spirit to just do a work in their hearts. God, I pray that mom and dad, grandma and grandpa would jump on board and that the church family would just embrace their role that, God, we would, uh, we would participate in what you're doing so that as these teenagers come back and reincorporate themselves into this body, that it's strengthened, that it's made more like your son, that we know it's been good, uh, the job that you've done. May they know, that, with beyond a doubt, may we all know that you've done a work. And, Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 107, I've preached before. I've never preached it in this context of, of let's... Let's use this as a prayer list for our teenagers. We're going to give you these prayer lists if you want one. And there's probably not enough for everybody to take one. There's probably enough for every family to take one. Uh, having said all that, I'm just going to try to be as nice as I can about this. If you're not going to pray, don't bother. You understand? They're there for you to pray. And that's why you're taking one. Otherwise, it just becomes a piece of paper folding your Bible. Uh, so there's a list there. And, you can, and if you really want to get into this well, then I would probably, if I were doing this, if I were you, I'm going to be at camp. But if I were here doing this with you, I would probably you know, go through and highlight five or six names. These are the names I'm really going to uphold because it's kind of hard to keep 50 people you know, in your prayers substantially. Maybe you could even do some different each day, but I would, I would just highlight the ones that you say, maybe I've already got somewhat of a relationship with these four or five teenagers, and when they come back, I would be able then to plug in. Some of you need to approach it this way. You know, I've never heard of this kid. And that's the one I'm going to get to know. Because the reality is we have some of our teenagers are going to camp for the very first time. And we have some teenagers that are new to our church. And uh, so you don't know them. And uh, they really need, if we all just go through and pick the ones that we know, then the same 15 kids are going to get a lot of prayer and there's going to be a lot of kids left out. So you say, I don't know this kid at all. That might be the perfect one for you to be praying for, right? So think about it that way. But then we're going to give you a prayer list as we kind of work ourselves through Psalm 107, teenager, I want you to listen up, because this is what we're praying for. We're not, I make no apologies about this. We, our church is investing thousands of dollars into this 
camp trip this year. Our budget is already like $3,000 for camp. We pay for all the sponsors to go. We pay for the gas to go down there. Uh, then our church helps you raise money to go to camp. We've been pumping money into the, your coffers by hiring you and all the... And I'm telling you, it's thousands of dollars, probably over $10,000 at this point, you know, with 41 teenagers going. So uh, that's a lot. We, we, we do this because we know that God can do something in a week of camp that doesn't always happen in an hour's church service. We know that there's a uniqueness about camp, and so we want you to go. And, and we do this on purpose. And, and so unapologetically, we come and say, this is what we're praying for. And in verse 1, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is what? Good. And his mercy endureth. We want you to know that God is good. You know what the world is telling you out there? That God is not good. That God is bad. God had the audacity to make you a gender. How dare he? We laugh, but it's true. And people say, that's not fair. But you know what God is? Good. God is good. And we want you, teenager, we want you to go to camp and we want you to embrace the concept that this God that we're preaching to you, that this God that we're talking to you about, this God that we're pushing you toward is a good God. He is so good that he takes all things and works them together for your good. Of course, that good is what makes you like Jesus. Read the next verse. But for your good. That's the goodness of this God of ours. The goodness of this God is that God who I just quoted in Psalm 103 that does not always deal with us according to our sins and reward us according to our Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that God doesn't slap you down every time you do something wrong? But he approaches us with grace and mercy. And what a great God that we have. We want you to understand this good God. We're going to pray that God would show himself to you in such a unique way that you see the goodness of his nature, that God is good. So that those things that you're tempted to question God about, I don't know if you're aware, but no. Not all of our teenagers have it easy. Does that shock you? I mean, not all of the teenagers that we're sending to camp are, are coming from ideal circumstances and situations. Uh, we have teenagers who have a parent missing. Teenagers have two parents missing. Uh, we have teenagers who their first introduction to the Lord is really going to be camp in reality. Um, it's not always... So sometimes, listen to me, church, sometimes we have a tendency to think, oh, they already know that kind of stuff, Pastor. No, they don't. The reality is, they're trying to figure out if God is good. How can God be good when my mom has just been diagnosed with cancer? That's happened to two of our teenagers. How can God be good when this has happened, and this has happened, and this has happened. And we take it for granted because we've lived it through, and we know it from experience. They don't. Let's pray that they see the goodness of God this week in such a way that it will draw them to God instead of pushing him away. You know, our schools, colleges, and post-colleges 
are filled with kids who used to go to good Baptist churches. But they could never come to the idea that God was good. It was a struggle. And that conflict in their soul has driven them away from the things of God. We're praying that they see a God who is a good God. Let's, let's will you join me in that prayer, teenager? We're, unapologetically, we want you to know that God is good. Let's go to verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord... You know what else, teenager, we're praying? We're praying that you come back here with a boldness that says, I'm going to let everyone know that I'm living for Jesus and I don't care what you think. That's what we're praying. We want the redeemed of the Lord to say so. We want you to nail down that you're on your way to heaven, and once that's nailed down, we want you to come back with a boldness in your faith that says, I'm going to live for Jesus no matter what everybody else is doing. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Church, we might want to pray for ourselves too here. <laughs> right? Let's not forget. Oh, yeah, teenagers, let's make those teenagers strong in their faith. Hello. <laughs> Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Wouldn't it be great to have that in our homes? That be the representation of our church? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Skip down to verse 4 if you would. You can read verse 3 on your own. But let's skip down to verse 4. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Hey, I'm just telling you, that is a description of our society. Not of our microcosm of a society. You know, we, we, we get ourselves into church, and we put ourselves inside this little bubble, and we forget that not everybody views life the way we do. But the reality is, many that are going to camp this week are going to be hungry and thirsty and their souls are fainting in them. Many going to camp this week are going to feel like they're going it alone. It's solitary. We're going it alone. And they're struggling with this concept in life. And if we, church, do not show them a God that is greater than that loneliness, a God that is able to fill their, their desire, that hunger and thirst in their soul, if we don't show them that God, they're going to find something someplace else. That's the reality of this. So why would we put thousands of dollars into something and not even bother to involve ourselves? Let's jump into this. Let's begin to pray. I, I'm, I'm begging God, if there's some teenagers over here, and you know, here's the thing I know about teenagers. I've been working with teenagers for a long time. I became a youth pastor when I was 17. I'm not making that up. I was a full-time youth pastor going to Bible college at the age of 17. So, and I'm old now, so you know how long it's been. So, uh, but you know what I've found about teenagers? They don't always tell you everything that they think. They don't. Now, you know, sometimes there's those teenagers that, like, they tell you more than what you want to know. I know that. And you, you, I know the parents are sitting there saying, you don't know my kids, but here's what I do about your kids. I know about your kids. They're saying this over here only to hide this over here. Only to hide this over here. 
I remember a few years back, this is none of our teenagers, don't panic teenagers, I don't think there's any of you, I hope not. But I remember a few years back, in my Bible class, remember my Bible class at Suburban? One of my juniors in my Bible class committed suicide over Christmas break. And it shook me to my foundation because he's in my, you know, he's in my Bible class, but I didn't know. How could I not know? What was going on in his heart? And I'm saying to us, church, we don't know. We don't always know. Let's pray that if there is a hungering, thirsting soul that is ready to faint and call it quits, who feels like they're going it alone, that this week at camp, they find a solid rock, a foundation upon which to build their lives, that God changes that perspective for them. Let's, let's pray that God does a work, that God changes things. Then verse 6. Then, I love this, teenager. Listen up, this is so that's good. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and what's it say? And he, give me an amen, somebody. <laughs> And he delivered them out of their distresses. This is the God that we know. This is the God that we know. And we assume that somehow by osmosis, they get it. They haven't had those experiences yet. Their experience, in many cases, is still lonely and thirsty and hungry and ready to faint. But this is the God that we know that when they cry out unto the Lord, God will hear them and he will deliver them out of their distresses. And he puts that verse right after he says, hungry, thirsty, ready to quit, lonely. That's the God I want them to meet at camp this week. I want them to find hope for life at camp this week. Let's pray that God does such a work in the hearts of our teenagers that they come home hopeful because of what God's done. Because that's the kind of God that they're looking for, and that's the kind of God that they need. Go down to verse 7. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Now, you know, again, I, I am, I'm aware that this is you know, mostly about Israel and not about the church, and I'm, I'm aware of all these things, but the but the same God is the God over both. And his heart toward his people is this way. You know what God wants to do, teenager, once you finally make that decision, once you say, okay, I'm going to learn about this God of ours, I'm going to find my hope in this God of ours, I'm going to cry out to this God of ours and let him deliver me out of my distresses, then that God is going to start leading you. He's going to set you on the right path. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, teenager, it's not going to be this. God's not going to reveal to you this week what he wants you to do for the next 40 years. That's probably not going to happen. God seldom ever does that in the scripture even. You know what he does? He says, the steps of a good man ordered by the Lord. Not the leaps and bounds. It's the steps. It's that I'm going to, I'm going to ask God to do a work in your life so much so, and in my life, that we come to this place where we say, okay, God, I'm going to let you lead me, and then he's going to lead me one day at a time. That's what he's going to do. I may not know what I'm supposed to do when I get back from camp, but I know what God wants me to do today. I do know that. You know what God wants me to do? Pack. 
I'm going to camp tomorrow morning. I haven't packed yet. I know God wants me to pack. He wants me to go. I'm going to camp, right? I've got to pack. Don't make this hard. It's not that I need to pray about what I'm supposed to do. Just do what you know to do. Just pack, right? And come to church tonight. And go to bed early enough to not be grouchy on the bus, right? Those kinds of things. I know what God wants me to do. That's how God leads us. He leads us one step at a time, one day at a time. But when we don't have our eyes on the Lord, then the way that we're going isn't going to be the right way. But, oh, once we cry out, Lord, you know what God's going to do? He's going to set us on the right way. What a joy. So I know there's some of you parents like, that's why I'm sending my kid to camp. <laughs> get set on the right way. I've been trying to tell him how to get on. You know, I understand that. I do. I understand that. I've raised two teenagers. Having said that, here's what I, what I know is that you're not going to force them that way. It's a work of the heart. And only God can do that. But you know what we're supposed to be doing? Praying that their hearts are tender. Praying that they're actually hearing and listening. You know what Jesus said? I forgot to read this verse, so let me read it to you. Jesus said in Matthew 15, he says, unto the multitude, hear and understand. We're asking, teenagers, that you get to camp and you pay attention. You know, not because... You know, we don't want to be embarrassed by you. It really has nothing to do with I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. You know, you're not going to embarrass your pastor at camp. I, that's not it. We want you to learn something. We want you to hear and understand. We want you to grow. We want you to actually hear. And, and when you hear, then you have the opportunity. for the. Do we believe that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword? Do we believe that the Word of God is able to do a work? Now, you know what I know about God? I know that God doesn't force us. Right? Remember those stories? I, I love this. Um, there's an old song called, He Does Not, I, I don't know what it's called, but the, the line in the song says, he does, not, he does Not Force Us to Go Against Our Will. Do you guys know that song? He does not force us to go against our will, but he just makes us willing to go. And the, the story is this. In the Bible, there's a story in it. God says, go this way. And this group of people says, no, no, we want to go this way. God says, nope, go this way. Nope, we want to go this way. God says, okay, fine, go that way. And they ran into a, a swarm of hornets, and you know what happened? The hornets chased them that way. He does not force us to go against our will, but sometimes he helps us be willing to go, right? He makes us willing. And I, listen, teenagers, God won't force you. You can actually go through and get stung. You can, and God will let you. God will let you. He won't force you to go. But we're asking that God gives you a reason to go the way you ought to. That he makes you willing. We're asking God to work, do a work in your heart. And so that's one of the prayer lists. And I, I chose this passage so that you say, Pastor John, I don't have time to write all this down. You don't have to. God did. Turn to Psalm 107. you got your prayer list. Right there it is. And uh, you'll have it all. Let's keep going. Uh, oh, look at verse, uh, verse uh, 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Wouldn't it be incredible? Now, you know what I know is going to happen, teenager? Here's what I know is going to happen. At camp, we beat you to death. We make you sweat and bleed every day. You get to bed late. You get up early. You don't have mom's good cooking. You, we get you on a bus, and everybody's, everybody... And by the time we get you back to mom and dad on Saturday night, you are, like, on your last... You're fine on the bus. You're fine with Pastor John. And as soon as you get in the car, I mean, you just bite mom and dad's head off, right? 
And folks, listen, we can't respond to that. We can't. That's just them being tired. I'm not excusing your behavior. It's just them being tired. But we want you to go beyond that. Wouldn't it be incredible? Have you ever, you know, when it's, especially when it's a kid's first time to camp, first time to camp, you know what happens when they get in the car? They start talking, and they don't stop until you tell them they have to go to bed three hours later. And they're telling you, this happened, this happened, God did this, God did this. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. You know, Mom and Dad, you and I have a lot to do with this. Because what we do is we open up the suitcase. What? There's four pairs of underwear that haven't been used yet. What do you, what do you think you're doing? And I'm going to say to mom and dad, oh, that men would praise the Lord. Let us not be used to get the eyes off the wrong, onto the wrong thing, right? Or we opened up, by the way, you know what's something we do every year, teenager, prepare yourself for it. Every year we go to the wilds, they have this wonderful little creek that goes through the, and we get up about 6 o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning, and we go tubing before we leave to come home. It's cold, like freezing cold. It is. But it's a blast. And everybody gets wet. And so, what else do you do? You either throw those clothes away, you put the, all those wet clothes. And so when mom, I'm just warning you now, when you open up that suitcase, it's going to be nasty. It just is. And you can blame pastor. Don't, don't get caught up in putting a wet blanket on the Spirit of God. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Praise is an attitude, not, a, not just an action. It's an attitude that we would be thankful and rejoicing at what God can and will do. And even if we don't see immediate results, here's what we know. The word has been sown, and the word has been watered, and it is God who gives the increase. You and I need to continue to tend the garden not till it. Do you understand? The word has been sown and watered. And what we sometimes do is we just walk through and till it all up and all the seed just goes by the wayside. And we wonder, camp was useless. No, it wasn't. Camp wasn't useless. We just, we're not doing our part. We play a part. This is not a, a, just for the teenagers. It's what we do. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Take a look at verse 9. Remember that hungry, thirsty soul? Teenager, this is what we're praying. We want you to get. We want you to come home from camp this way. Satisfied. Spiritually full. Now this is, this is the number of times this happens in your life is, is limited. It just is. Because man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. And so it's difficult for us as human beings to take our eyes off the trouble and keep our eyes on Christ. That's difficult for us. Not impossible, it's just difficult for us. But to come home, having seen a God that is good, and when you went to camp you were lonely and hungry and thirsty and ready to quit, and we want you to come back like this, for he satisfieth the longeth the longing soul. And filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Oh, what would happen in our homes 
in our church if 50 of our members went to camp and came back satisfied? It'll change things. That's what we're asking for. God, that this wouldn't be just an exercise in futility, that it wouldn't just be a time for fun, but it would be a time in which your spirit does a work that only you can do in the hearts of, of our teenagers, of our sponsors, and the hearts of those who are back home because every day we've been bringing these people before God, asking him to do these things, and in the process, our hearts have been fed. And we come back next Sunday to a church satisfied with the things of God. Think that changed the service next Sunday? Think it'd be different? Say, Pastor, that's not realistic. Yes, it is. It is realistic. It may be difficult, but this is what God's doing. By the way, that's what heaven's going to be. You understand, right? We know it's got to happen this way because that's what heaven's going to be. We're going to be satisfied. Our longing soul, our hungry soul, filled with the goodness of God. It brings me to the last verse, teenagers. Here it is. Joshua stands before the children of Israel, and he says this, Choose ye this day whom you will serve. It starts now. Teenager, if you're saying, I don't really care what pastor's talking about, he's not talking to me, you're missing it right now. It, this is a choice you start right now. Choose you this day. And then tomorrow and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, God will do this work. And next Sunday, we come back. Let's pray. Father, you are such a good, gracious, powerful God. And we call upon you to do a work in all of our hearts and lives. God, we bring our teenagers, our sponsors before you and pray that you would prepare our hearts. Give us a willingness to hear and to respond to your word as it goes forth, to your Holy Spirit as he convinces us. God, back home, we pray that you would do a work in each and every one of the hearts here. The Lord, this week, in a unique way, you would feed our souls. You would give water to the thirsty soul. You would give companionship to the lonely soul. And that next week when we come together, we come together satisfied with your goodness. Keep us safe, but beyond that, do a work that only you can do. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Say, Pastor John, God's spoken to my heart this morning. I, perhaps, I'm not just talking to teenagers here, perhaps you say, Pastor John, I'm, I'm one of those lonely, hungry, thirsty souls. I'm struggling to trust in this God who does not always seem to be good to me. And I'm just struggling. Pastor, God spoke in my heart. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up so I can see that and pray for you? Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Anyone else? Just put your hand up and back down. Anyone else? Thank you. Maybe you'd say, Pastor, I have not been adopting the attitude of praise. How can I pray that God put praise in the hearts of our teenagers when I'm not reflecting 
the heart of prayer. Oh, that the church would praise the Lord. Pastor, would you pray that I'll be able to set aside that other attitude and put in its place praise this week? Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up? Let me see that so I can pray for you. Hands across the place. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Pastor, I've lost my boldness. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, and I have to be honest with you, Pastor, I, I cringe at speaking out my faith. I hold back. Pastor, I need God to, to do a work in my heart to give me that boldness that he wants us to have, a confidence and a courage about my salvation. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Father, many, many tender hearts are here this morning. God, I pray that you would just do a work for each and every one that has raised their hand, especially that you would just begin that work now, that this week would just be a unique opportunity for us as a church. And Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing, Not I, but Christ. Not I, but Christ. Be honored, loved, exalted as we sing. You step out, let the Lord have his way, would you? Not I, but Christ, be honored, loved, exalted. Not I, but Christ, be seen, be known, be heard. Not I, but Christ, in every look and action. Not I, but Christ, in every thought and word. Oh, to be saved from myself, dear Lord. Oh, to be lost in Thee, oh, that it may be no more, my dear Lord, but Christ that lives in me. Amen. I did not uh, ask this person, but I'm going to ask Pastor Jeff Miller if you'd come up and dismiss us in a word of prayer. Jeff's an old, I'm not going to say an old friend, a longtime friend of ours. and Pastor, uh, Diana. Pastor. We have baptism. Oh, thank you. We have a baptism first. Go ahead and have a seat. <laughs> have a seat, all of you. And uh, yes, we have a baptism this morning. I'm not doing it, so that's why I forgot. So Pastor Andrew is going to baptize. You'll see in just a moment. We'll let you remain seated. We're going to sing Trust and Obey until they're ready to come out. So go ahead and we'll sing just until they come out. So our first verse. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey, trust and obey. Thank you. 
Thank you, Pastor Brett. We got Clayton Ford Soleric here, and uh, he wrote out a little bit of his testimony, so I'm going to read it for you, and then uh, he's going to get baptized here. This is awesome, by the way, so try not to pull a pastor and cry here. But uh, Clayton said when he was uh, about five years old, he started thinking about what or where he would go if he died. After a year of praying, God sent him. He went with us to winter retreat at the Walnut Ridge Retreat Center. At the last service, he said he listened and, uh, to every word closely. And after the service, when the teenager, I dismissed the teenagers, he went over to Mr. Washer, Jonathan Washer, who is our speaker, and asked how he could get saved. He said uh, he would uh, sit down with him and show him how he could pray and ask the Lord to be a Savior and to save him from his sins. He said, when game time was over, I went to my mom and told her I got saved. Uh, then he said the next four years or so, four or five years, he's been growing the Lord and decided uh, to get baptized uh, today. So Clayton Ford, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ and asked him to be your Lord and Savior? Amen. Upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. All baptisms are fun, but baptizing your own kids, now that's just... All right, Pastor Jeff Miller is... What's the name of the church you're at down there? Morning? Agnew Road. That's it. Agnew Road Baptist Church. This Diane Brun's uh, brother, if you're trying to figure out how that is, and we've known these folks for a long time, I'm going to ask you all to stand, and we'll be dismissed a word of prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for all that we've heard and seen this morning. Lord, first of all, I want to thank you for this young man who's given his life to Christ yes, and amen. who made that public today. Lord, I pray that you'll help him always to walk faithfully. Yes, amen. And I pray, God, that you'd bless his family as they continue to rear him. Pray, Lord, that you'd be with each member who is here, especially for the teenagers, the young people who are going to camp. We pray that you would. will be with all those who work with them. Fill them with their spirit, with your spirit. Help them, Lord, to be faithful in their ministry to these young people and help the young people to be open and willing to hear your voice through these human beings who are dedicated to serving you this summer and this week in particular. Father, we thank you for this church. We thank you for the pastor, for his wife, for the many years of faithfulness here. We thank you for every member who are here. Lord, help them to continue to hold forth the word of God faithfully in a, in a way that honors you as they have for many years. We pray that this, uh, this portion of Marion County will be uh, truly impacted because of the work that these members do. We pray, Lord, that your name would go forward. Now bless each one who is here. Give them a great, uh, great week ahead of them and safety and help us all, Lord, to be salt and light in this world that we would show forth the glory of your name. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.